There we go. Beautiful. Nice. You're listening to the Paper and Staples Podcast, a show about pocket notebooks. You heard me right, pocket notebooks. If you love them as much as we do, then this is the show for you. Hosted by Dave, Blair, Terry, Greg, Oliver, Mike, and joined by various friends. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to a long-awaited edition of episode 8 of the Paper and Staples podcast. Now, do apologize because we were last in your eardrums back in March where we had Brian as our guest. And, and obviously with six of us being involved, lots of people have been traveling, we've been out and about and doing our own thing. But uh, and, and also it's been quiet in the field notes world. So we thought it was time we got in just before the summer edition drops and uh, have a catch up, see where we've been, what we're doing and talk about some of the field notes that have been out in that time and a few other bits. So today I'm joined by Oliver and Greg. Hello, chaps. Good afternoon. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Uh, it's good, mate. Um, so what we'll do, we'll, go, we'll jump straight in. We, we don't need to do the niceties. People know who we are. So <laughs> just firstly, Oliver, what have you been up to obviously, since the last uh, podcast that we did? Oh, my goodness. I, I have been all over the world, almost almost literally. I, I was in Germany for a conference and uh, went up to the Lego headquarters in Denmark. Went to the so Lego jealous. house there, which is a phenomenal <laughs> experience. If anyone has any opportunity to go, absolutely go. Uh, I didn't feel weird as like an adult uh, playing around there. And it was a it was a great time. And uh, then just got back from Tennessee, where I was going to visit uh, arguably the world's largest supercomputer, uh, which was a wild time. But it's been it's been fairly quiet for me in terms of the field notes sphere. Uh, I'm excited to finally, uh, I think, in a few months, go visit a couple more national parks, but there are national parks that don't have field notes for them up in, uh, you know, the Boundary Waters, Isle Royale and Voyagers. So come on, oh, Jim and Brian Steve. and Draplin, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but I will get a chance, I think, also to use those Grand Canyon field notes uh, sometime over the winter. So I'm excited about that. But that's basically it for me. What did you now, take Oliver, traveling? What, what, which books did you take while you were on the road? When I, when I go to conferences, so I, I write in supercomputing and science uh, publication. And when I go on the road, I tend to bring something that I think is uh, sciency or computery. Uh, which for field notes tends to be the Field Museum Earth Edition, which is one of my all-time favorites. Mm. And I think it sends the right message of kind of like, you know, studying Earth, simulations. Uh, I really dig that one. And then to match it, I bring the uh, Stainless Steel, uh, Baron Fig Squire, and then just uh, whatever Blackwing I had on hand, which uh, happened to be the uh, Neon Edition that they did during the pandemic to support small businesses. Oh, cool. What about you, Greg? Very what nice. have you been up to? Yeah, you know, spring, I think much like the uh, the world of field notes has been relatively quiet for me. Uh, just been dealing with a lot of rain here in Chicago over the spring. And we're, you know, now we're finally in the heat of it. Last week, my air conditioning broke for a day, which was fantastic. Um, so not super excited about that, but everything is back to normal. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this back in March, but I have officially begun my marathon training for that race in Scotland in October. Excellent. So very excited for that. Um, I don't, I know there's like a couple of nuts who are out in, in Scotland. Um, so I'll have to see if we're anywhere in the same vicinity at any point during my trip. It'd be great to meet some. some yeah. UK I think um, Eileen, Eileen Muir. Eileen yes. Muir. Yeah. Yeah. That's one person there. for sure. 
Um, yeah, so if I could make that work, that'd be really, really cool. Um, but other than that, I haven't done any trips. This week, I'm actually going to New York for work, which is going to be my first like work trip in quite some time. So excited for that. But uh, as far as other things, I think the most exciting thing I've done in the last couple of weeks was I was able to visit this big design conference here in Chicago called NeoCon. I was going to mention that, which will come up in conversations very shortly. Yes. Um, same here, really. I've been working. The only thing, the only thing uh, that's really been different was I did travel out to the US again back in April uh, after the last podcast. I was originally planning to do a visit to Chicago, but it just couldn't. I just couldn't get it worked out. It was too much bouncing around. So I did end up doing a trip to Dallas for one day. I had one day spare. So uh, yeah, I had a quick quick fly over to Dallas but while I was at uh, the conference uh there was something that is we are going to talk about in a minute as well uh there was a field notes presence uh Mr Draplin also was um I was speaking and Aaron was speaking um and one of the funny things that happened that I completely missed was uh Aaron did two workshops and I ran the workshops but he he was um doing it for via zoom so I ended up doing hosting the Zoom, the whole Zoom session on my computer with my Zoom account um, because of where we were. And uh, Aaron was like, you oh, know, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then he was a keynote speaker. So his keynote speech was live, uh, but it was on a big screen. So he was kind of zoomed into the whole audience. And I knew because of where I was, I was going to miss about the first five minutes. So I get into the room. And I start watching and Aaron's doing his spiel and then he starts talking about James Spears and the road trip they took. So I oh, took yeah. a couple of photographs and I messaged James and said, hey, look, Aaron's talking about you on stage and the road trip. Because I thought it's a nice thing to do. I'd want to I'd want to know. So, um, yeah, I sent him a couple of screenshots. So he had no no idea. And then at the end, I was telling a friend of mine saying, uh, oh, that was so cool that he mentioned the road trip and he mentioned a few friends. Uh, and my friend Lane said, yeah, and he mentioned you. And I went, when? No, he didn't. She goes, uh, yeah, he definitely did. I said, when? She goes, were you not there at the beginning? I was like, no. She was, he started his thing with, hi, I'm Aaron Jane Japlin. I'm 45 years old, whatever, he's 47 years old. And Dave Clayton is my friend or I'm friend. No, or, and I'm friends with Dave Clayton. <laughs> and I completely missed it. So it was a really lovely, like a nice thank you for doing it. But yeah, I and I completely missed it. But, um, but I did get some field notes. So we, we are, we are going to talk. Tell, tell us about those. So I went into, I did not know about this. And um, so I went into the room to help um, my friend Diane, who was who's in charge of all the organisers, uh, all the um, volunteers. And they, they always do swag. So they had the table lined up and they had, I walked in, I saw the stickers and some pens and little inch by inch rulers. And then there in the corner, it was like the light shining in, like in the Blues Brothers when they're in the church. And this big glow, <laughs> shaft of light <laughs> guided down on this book of, of, of this box of peach goodness. And mm. I, I, I was like, I think I, I might have even squealed a little bit. <laughs> and <it was> like, <laughs> And I went over and looked at them and realized it was a limited edition. And straight away, I'm thinking, holy crap, you know, this is, um, 
how these people a lot of these people here aren't going to know what they're getting here and there's a community and i can't do a lot about this um other than ask that i can make sure that i can get a, a couple myself and uh so i you know I, I had to look and see what the deal was and uh very fortunate that um diane said you know, I said, you know, I've got some friends back home who can't get to the event. They're big Field Notes fans. They would love some of these. So um, she let me take a few. Uh, and, I, and I will admit, I made sure I looked after the people that, are, you know, you guys on the podcast, a really good friend here in the UK, um, who, or, who he always helps me out and he gets me additions if I'm going to miss them. Uh, and, and I had some left over, which I put out on the nuts page and said you know i was selling some of my books off and i dropped a few in i got a few for aaron as well because i knew um him and his mum like to keep them so i got a, a handful for them which Very luckily nice. enough i'm glad i did because they hadn't received any um and yeah and i just thought i'd share them in the group and it just so happened i was doing the sale and and put them out there but I must admit, when I picked it up, it was like they were really just, they felt really nice. I loved the design, the color. Um, very honored to be, I was one of the practical applications, number 29, which I didn't you know about. You are famous. Until like three days in when I finally looked at the back. Thought, I wonder what the practical <laughs> applications are. Like, oh, second squeal of the day. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of really not being greedy, um, but at the same time thinking, I have this thing of, um, as you'll find, Greg, when we talk about your find, was the the danger of a of a good set of books, uh, most noticeably like North Face or the Goose, um, the Geese ones, um, uh, the oh, Canada of, Goose, yeah, Canada Goose, um, is that there's a box somewhere in a warehouse full of them that nobody mm. knows they exist because nobody cared or had any any clue that people liked to like to like the warehouse at the end of raiders of the lost ark yes yes yeah. wheeling Absolutely. wheeling 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 a crate of those uh <laughs> you know what is it the air, air mexico field notes yes that, yeah that you, yes. you know wheeling a crate <laughs> into some back room where they'll a never be found full of air mexico yeah so yeah. so it was kind of I, I don't want to be greedy but at the same time i do want to make sure some of these not only get into the hands of the, the attendees rightfully so that you know they paid for tickets um and i just kind of wanted to be respectful in what i was able to take and, and what was still available so there there were on the last day they were selling them three for ten dollars um and there that's a great price yeah there, and there were a number wow. left um with uh with creative south so you know, Mike Jones, the show organizer, uh, he deals with all the um, merchandise, the hats, the T-shirts and everything. It's quite possible, you know, don't don't be rude when you contact him um, because Mike's also got a day job and a big family and, you know, putting on lots of other things. He's part of a, a football, yeah, he co-owns a football team out there. So it's not like he's sat around in a room with a box next to him. But by all means, kind of reach out to Mike Um if if you want to ask, are there any books left over from the exhibition? They they might just be dragged out next year, but I think they were very specific. Um, I've got one here. Were they specific to this event? I believe they were. Uh, no, no. There's no date no? on. There's no date on them that I can see, other than. Is this an were, annual conference? 
Uh, yes, it is. So in the okay. bottom of the inside back page, it does say April 2022. But I mean, if there were some left, it's quite possible they could be on the merch table at Creative South next year. But um, yeah, so I, I I was selling off some of my collection. And so I just decided the thing to do was I can't just go giving them away because the email bombarded. So I just threw some in with some of the items that I'd sold as a thank you, as like yeah. a little bonus. And um yeah, I'm a big fan of the the color of the this cover. Like, I don't I don't think we've uh, we've really seen like this type of peach before, right? No, it's um, and the inside. The, I like the green, the, the green and the peach contrast. It looks it looks really good. It was a nice thickness. Uh, I know nothing about paper, so I couldn't tell you what the paper was. Uh, but I'm sure you guys would know. Um, I'm trying to look, but my eyesight is shocking. Uh, in a, I don't know yet you guys would have to look in the book but they're nice they're orange grid um grid's not my favorite uh, graph sorry graph's not my favorite but i do really like these i like i do i tend to like the graph when it's a different color mm. yeah this peach mm-hmm. color for the grid is is per- perfection yeah I, I think these books just feel beautiful they look beautiful um the the you know the theming beyond just the color combination uh, to the peach, of course, right? Because it's a peach yeah. color, but then green, green for the the leaves on the on the peach. Yeah, right? yeah, and, and it's and very everything. Georgia. It's you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a, an event held in Georgia. It's very, very Georgia. And what I liked as well that it was a single. So the nice thing was was it was easier to get a handful of singles knowing that I'm only giving one away, not yeah, right. packs of three. Which would have or, been or giving someone a portion of what's supposed to be like yeah. a big set of some kind, yeah, yeah. So, so speaking I, of, oh, go on, well, go, well, go one, on one thing here. I just want to note is just on the inside cover of the Creative South books. I really like that kind of um, the tiling of the logo there that yeah. they have around on the, the inside. Edges. It reminds yeah. me, of, mm-hmm, it reminds me a lot of the um, Leap of Faith edition. I think has the same sort of thing going on on the inside, if I recall. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think what's also really um, kind of another Southern U.S. Uh, touch is all of the insides, right? Pertinent coordinates, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> or internal <laughs> records, y'all. <laughs> well, that's that's the lovely thing is I, what I like about certain editions is when that little bit of extra attention and love mm-hmm. has gone into it. You know, Aaron and Mike are such good friends and have supported each other for so long and it you could see, you could feel the love in the design that Aaron had really made an effort for Mike Absolutely. on this edition. It was very, very specific and, and really nice. Um, I did wonder whether the crop conference, which Aaron was speaking at, which was about two weeks later, would have anything specific. But that event just had vignettes. So I was kind of glad um, there wasn't another edition I was going to miss. Um, mm-hmm. but. Then obviously, you know, along comes, uh, actually, it was a Facebook post and somebody asked a question. They saw a photograph from Six Inch with a guy holding the skateboard with field notes in his back pocket. And they go, hey, what what edition could this be? And I've gone. It's well, very it looks, subtle, right? Yeah, it looks it's like very snow blind or it looks like a snow blind that's been out in the sun or um, a cold horizon or mm-hmm. uh, sorry, not, not, not snow blind, a cold horizon. And then yeah. they were like, no, no, there's, there's definitely kind of some, some stripes going on there. And we were like, well, I don't know what it could be. Then all of a sudden is, well, could it be like, you know, a, 
have we got a union binding situation going on there? And then obviously they posted on their Instagram that this was this set of three. And then it's like, okay, so do you have to buy a $200 footstool to get a pack <laughs> of field notes? Then, you know, then it was, um, oh, we're going to be at the conference and this is going to be a giveaway and straight away. Dear Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oliver, did you, I, I know you, uh, you're actually a, an owner of six inch products. I, I am. I was one of those $200 footstool people. Um, it's a poof actually. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, really nice. it's, a, it's, it's a, the it's the thick lines uh, sun design, and it kind of makes mm. a target on the top of the seat, and it's otherwise just a just a cylinder basically. It's really nice, and uh, it's very comfortable, and it's held up to a beating over time. Just people, you know, we set heavy boxes on top of it. We, you know, all sorts of people have sat on it, moved it around, thrown it around, and it looks the same as it did on day one. I've been really? very impressed by this furniture. Awesome. I think they six inch, to my understanding makes essentially like, uh, you know, industrial furniture. They make yeah. furniture for like schools and libraries and businesses yeah. and things like that. And more and more as I get older, that's the kind of stuff I look to buy, even if the price tag is kind of shocking because it holds up so much better than Ikea stuff over time. I mean, buy, like, yeah, buy had, cheap, buy twice. Yeah. 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 Oliver, you've had that since they released it. Was that at least a year ago or is that just as- Oh my God. It was, I don't it was a couple of years ago. It was a couple <laughs> yeah. years ago, I think. Um, and I- I've definitely been putting it through its paces and I've, I've moved in that time, um, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, I think it's sold out now. I think that collaboration with, with, uh, Aaron is, is sold out now, but they, still it was had, just, they had a was, couple on display at, the, they had a couple on display. Yeah. Not your, I mean, if it, not your edition, but the, uh, one of the yeah. other thick line designs. Well, I gotta tell you, if you're, if you're listening to this, so you like the thick lines, Draplin designs, and, uh, you're looking for, you know, a nice little statement piece for your place. It is, it is a good buy. Uh, I'm I'm very happy about it. Yeah, they they were pre-pandemic because mm -hmm. I rem the only reason I know that I'm pretty right. sure about that was when when I was over in Portland in 2018, Aaron was talking about setting a pop-up shop in this uh, big shopping center that we went to, and uh, I think that was one of the first times that we can do it over there. And then I came home. And then I think they did the pop-up in that shopping center. And that's when I think the first one went on sale. So that was at least 2019, if not the end of 2018, that the first ones went on sale. I, I could be wrong. I could be remembering it wrong, but that I'm sure it was at, le at least that there was at least as old as 2019. So at least three years old. I'm seeing uh, November 2020. Okay. Which I don't, I, honestly, I, I think I'm, I speak for a lot of people here when I say the last three years have been a complete blur to me and asking me to place yeah. anything in that time is a fool's errand. But uh, yeah, it's around that range. It's 2019, <laughs> right. 2020. Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, you obviously there, Greg, on the ground. Um, yes. What, what? So you know, I knew, I knew what this, I knew what the assignment was at Creative South. <laughs> uh, how, how was, how was the stand? And obviously, I know you were lucky enough to grab a couple of packs. Um, but like yeah. firsthand, getting your hat, seeing them there, and being able to um, get a couple of packs. What were your first impressions of them? Yeah, yeah. So, so first of all, Neocon is this huge design conference, mostly surrounding uh, kind of like corporate educational furniture, like just anything in like, like a, a more kind of like open environment, right? So a lot of 
very fascinating, like modern takes on, you know, design and furniture. Like if you're a nerd into that in any capacity, like this would be a really fun conference for you to go to. Um, I'm walking around going, I'm not buying any of this stuff for my office, like for my corporate office, but I would love to see a lot of this furniture in my house because the aesthetic for a lot of these companies is very much up my alley. Um, but I did, you know, I made it to the, to the six inch, uh, booth or kind of like display area. And, you know, the, the folks there were very cool. And I, I entered for their giveaway for their longboards. Haven't heard if I won yet, still keep my fingers crossed, even though I don't, I don't skate at all. Um, but I was able to get my hands on the books and, you know, based on the, the way that they had marketed and said like, oh, hey, we have these, these notebooks out. I wasn't sure if they were going to be a sealed pack or individual come to find out that it was actually individual books. So if, you know, you want to combine and get one, you could just get one of whichever one you liked. Right. Cause there's, yeah. as we've all seen now, there are three very distinct designs. Um, they were very nice and let me grab one of each, you know, the first time I went and I love like these books are just so great in hand. Like there's so much about them that feels so different from a lot of other collabs. I, and I think maybe the biggest thing is just the, the amount of blue these books have. Right. I mean, again, you they guys are, have seen them. Um, they're just, they're just so blue. They are so, they're so, they're so, so, so cool. And I, I'll, I'll say here that like, you know, I do that ungrateful bastards poll every, <laughs> you know, every time we get a new quarterly edition. I always forget to put this one on, but it's one that I've, I've pitched in threads and stuff and discussions and just chats with people over over the years. I, I, I kept saying I would have really loved to see Field Notes do a blueprint edition because of that striking mm. blue that you see on blueprints. Yeah. And it's a really yeah, easy aesthetic that. to capture, uh, not to diminish the work, but, you know, it, it's it's from a distance, you'll just be like, that's a blueprint. It's got that, it's yep. got that striking blue and it's got that that bright white ink on it. Um, and, uh, boy, oh boy, did they deliver in this collaboration, uh, the yeah. bright blue grid backing up the bright blue, uh, even on the white notebook, the bright blue innards on that. Um, if you, oh, if you man. the inside cover, just bam, right in there. Um, it is, it is probably one of the starkest, uh, blue graphs I've seen maybe in any field notes edition. Like there's some ones with like a light blue, um, grid, but I think this is like the deepest blue I've seen. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's among the darker, the darker. I would just say, irrespective of color, one of the darker grids we've seen in a field notes yeah. notebook. Yeah, you're right. Uh, for some reason, with with these books, it just works. It just works for me. Are they glossy or matte cover? They, they are, glossy. are glossy. Yeah, they are. Okay, it, they yeah. looked glossy. I must admit, they because the one of the books I saw was um, the one with the kind of the offset blue gradient with the crown in the middle. Um, yes. very specifically because yeah. I said to you when you saw it, it was um that a it looks like the astute graphics logo um but also I because I know Aaron uses the tools I was really really wanted to get that one because the what the, the the way it's been made I know use the old astute graphics I even though I don't work there anymore it's still they're still very close to my heart so I was kind of oh, I'm gonna sit back and wait because you know I you you'd made the effort to go there and i know you're able to get whatever you're able to get um yeah. and i know that i'll be able to get my hands on one eventually um because i'm sure they, they're not going to sell out or they'll make more it didn't i did it feel like a special edition was there a run of any particular number 
Yeah, so I was actually quite surprised. So the Creative South, right, the one that you were able to get at that conference was only 1,500. And this one is was a print of 5,000 singles, which yeah. is a pretty significant amount, right? So as soon as I saw that, my assumption is that at some point in the future, either future events, they'll have them out again, or my other guess is that maybe this will be something that will be for sale on their website or yeah. will be some sort of like gift with purchase for for other things that yeah. they make. Yeah. Because five my, thousand... my immediate question is is uh five thousand doesn't divide into three. So I was just gonna say that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so so which that... one did they make more of, right? So was yeah. it or was it five thousand of each? Oh, I'd be surprised. Because it says five thousand singles, but I don't know. Now you're making me wonder. Well yeah. then it's it's the question is so it, when you look in the back and it says an edition, it says six inch edition of five thousand singles. I wonder if that, you know technically could be interpreted as each single is an addition to 5,000 singles because it's yeah because they're three different covers right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that's why I didn't yeah. panic so much over getting them because it was like you know well you're in Chicago if anything happens with field notes I'm pretty I'm confident <laughs> there are these are going to resurface yeah. Well, they they are I, they are beautiful, and I would I would just love to see. I mean, even I know I I would hate I would hate for anyone from Field Notes to listen to this and think, oh well, we've done Blueprint now. People have seen the Blueprint. Um, I think yeah, we want more. Love <laughs> an edition in this vein uh, with this oh, kind yeah. of striking blue and aesthetic and everything. Lean even harder yeah, into I, it. And I think part of it's it's the white cover. Like I think we we all kind of quietly love white covers, right? Mm. Like even Group Eleven, mm. right? Which you know we've seen people like. Terry and others yeah. in the group just like go wild with like yeah. doing their own designs on yeah. it. But there's something about white cover that just stands out. But this mm -hmm. particular, like, which I think I affectionately called like the schematic version of the mm, three. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just really stunning. And um, it seemed to be the one that at least in the in the Facebook group, people were the most interested in like seeing, right? Definitely. Uh, and then I think, yeah. Definitely from afar, the the one that is more explicitly a, a blueprint edition with the schematics on the front, it was mm -hmm. my favorite. Now that I have those two in hand, I don't have the third one with the gradient crown on it. Um, now that I have those two in hand, I'm honestly torn between them. They're both striking. And I think to your point, Greg, about the white covers, um, I think the thing with group 11 that sets aside group 11 and maybe even like the dead and deader prints is um, the matte covers on those are much more susceptible in my mind to, to wear and tear and staining, yeah. which can be a yeah. cool look, but these, uh, they bring out the inks so well and they feel more durable in hand and like they're going to patina more nicely for the, for the bright white. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think something you like, we all, and we were talking about this like a little bit before the, the recording started, right. Is that we all love designs. We all love these things that are going on on the covers, but then sometimes you just get like, you get back to those like straight up like one color covers mm -hmm. like the, you know the early days like like this blue book of the six inch set is beautiful i don't i don't know why it's like so beautiful right because it's so simple yeah but it's like it's an amazing blue it is yeah. just an amazing blue yeah i wish i mean to, to kind of further on the conversation with with another edition was we recently had this kind of new wednesday where we had the Irish yeah. Wednesday mm, last mm -hmm. year. We had that nice green edition, which was very, very popular. Um, and then they dropped this, hey, or, you know, order some stuff. You can have this red and blue. Now, personally, when I first saw them, the red looked like the rooster edition that had just come out yeah. without the white rooster on. So obviously a craft overprint with, with a red 
a red color over a craft because it looks like the craft letter in that it looks like the field notes letter in is the craft coming through yep. yes and then obviously the blue and i think they they said the the blue was the favorite um from the orders which didn't surprise me because a i thought the blue looked great the simplicity of it um was sometimes we obviously you know whilst we like the the busy designs we also like that simplicity of the early days of field notes um and i think that a lot of people probably that had that red because of rooster and and a previous yeah. rooster that it'd been done before but i don't i think the blue probably re- reminded me more of american tradesmen kind of feel yeah um, yeah yeah and there's something about um I, I think it's interesting to see right like so two weeks ago six you know the six inch edition was available at neocon everyone's going wild over in the group and um you know we talked like we did i did that giveaway to you know get some, get some of them out there um first of all also like I'm so happy that I made it international and like somebody from the UK won like the yes. full set. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because like I, you know, a lot of a couple of folks reached out and said, like, you know, like thanks for you know offering it worldwide because a lot of folks under very understandably, you know, only do giveaways or sell, sales within the US, right? Just because of shipping costs. And I said, you know what? No, like we're gonna do a little different this time. Um, but but I think all to say, like part of the excitement, I think, really is we all want more blue notebooks in our life. Right. So because that craft plus, which I'm, I have also, I'm curious to get what you guys think about that naming convention. Mm. I think that's a really interesting new thing that field notes has done to say like they're craft, but not quite craft. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like the fact that, you know, 60% of the folks picked blue as their extra in their order versus the red. Like, I feel like that's, that's saying something from a market perspective that, um, hopefully they're they're paying attention to or will pay attention to moving yeah. forward. I, I think I think in the wake of um you know 50 was a very red almost pure red edition and then we get the roosters yeah. every year that are some variety of red you know I feel I feel pretty satisfied you know for th- for those of you who've seen my my apartment on camera I I love warm tones I feel very satisfied as a field notes customer who loves to color red and I I would personally be more interested I didn't place an order but more interested in the craft plus blue I think the existence of Craft Plus really speaks to what Brian was talking about last time on our podcast about the uh, the paper shortages they're going through and the the means that are they're they're dealing with to get the colors and exciting themes that we know and love and and you know admittedly expect from them at this point um, out of a kind of dwindling set of options. Mm. And if Craft is the the staple, uh, excuse the pun. If Craft is the <laughs> is the staple. Uh, food supply of field notes you know the, the craft are everywhere but there's of they that's the material that's obviously easier to get so why not go down the route of craft plus make them available True. for sale because you're only printing over existing stock um the innards aren't going to be anything I, i'm not going to say anything special they're going to be like the standard whatever craft is i think they'd sell and i think sometimes what's frustrating uh is when we see collaborations that are sometimes more exciting than maybe a previous edition um not not to you know not to knock field notes because it's a struggle for them to come up with something new every quarter anyway and please everyone otherwise we are all ungrateful bastards but (laughs) i always feel like give the people what they want and if 
something special like that is popular then make a set of of craft plus in that nice irish green they did make a make the set in blue people will buy them you know business yeah. is about making money i think yeah. i think that that kind of exclusivity thing sometimes gets in the way of people spending money well i think i think there's one there's two things i want to note here one is that one of the most highly sought after or at least uh priciest per unit editions of field notes that's out there um I'm forgetting the exact name, but it's the one that has basically just a stamp on the front of the crafts that goes all the way down. Can anyone help me with that? It's like line, 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 line going down the front of, oh, you know what I'm talking about, Dave. I I know it's, it was, um, yes. Cause I took a screenshot of it. It's a craft with like a, like a stamp lettering stamp. And it's, it's just the same thing all the way yeah. down. Something like well, Ohio versus like something times something. Yeah, like was, X, something yeah. X something. Yeah. No, what we we can edit it in later if we really if we really feel that strongly about it. But um, so we're clearly amenable to the idea of modified craft being yeah um a an interesting thing. But the other thing I'd say is that you know there's kind of been this interplay between you know the artificial scarcity created and the and the artificial rarity created. But then I think there's there's room for field notes that also mark a moment. And I think people prize that kind of scarcity. Like if you get a custom field notes from an event you go to, there's something very special about that versus just, yeah. you know, the artificial scarcity created by a book existing in the first place in limited quantities. Mm. I was, I remain, I remain, you know, a touch disappointed that we never got um, that pandemic edition with the special practical applications, uh, which was just a modified craft. All that was, was a, I don't know if it was a Photoshop or one they did in house of a modified craft notebook. That would have been one of my most prized notebooks I've had in my collection today. And I think there, there are, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, so many opportunities in the world to, um, you know, support charities or mark occasions or events um, with little, very, very slight modifications to what they're already doing that people would prize in the same way they would prize a really fancy edition like Leap of Faith or even prize more than something like Leap of Faith because they connected to it on a personal level. Yeah. And those, like we, we were talking off air, um, another version or kind of a new version of the craft idea, which I haven't got my hands on yet, and I'm still debating whether to make an effort to get any, is the USPS editions, which are a kind of a grey, they look more like a grey craft. Um, I'm guessing the, 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 the same size, same thickness, same amount of paper mm. inside, but with the stamps on the front is, again, a very specific edition a very timely edition because it's you know when those stamps come out um it's a shame they didn't do they weren't able to do a set with the draplin stamp on which would have made would have, would have made the most obvious version to do um but I, I it was only one design but for for these new ones i mean i don't know if you guys have, have got your hands on them they look interesting it was a very interesting move i was i was also interested to see the volume of obviously you know usps is countrywide so they can't go just saying hey we've got a thousand of these because it seems like a ridiculous small amount so i'm guessing there's a, there's a large volume there and it looks like it's gonna go on yeah i i've been to i've gotten my hands on the second the mississippi edition and you know they just uh released or announced a new one i think it's called mariachi um which i think is going up for pre-sale soon mm. so um yeah it's an interesting addition but 
it's also like a variation on craft. Like the color, at least on the first one, is not quite craft. It's a little bit lighter craft brown. I don't know how okay. you describe it, but um, but it is a variation, right? But they did keep everything else is kind of basically the same, but people still are going after it and you know and like them. Yeah. So what yeah, was- I think this idea of like spinning off more variations of craft and not necessarily having to uh i'll say over engineer a cover yeah like, mm-hmm. i think people are actually pretty okay with that sometimes right like it's well, a nice thing to just kind of go back to the basics what was interesting back to basics uh yeah <laughs> mile marker one mile marker one uh, no <laughs> um but what's what's i find really interesting i'm no i'm gonna sound a little bit like i'm contradicting what i just said like literally one minute ago <laughs> but uh, on the last podcast, if I recall, Brian was saying that originally they wanted to do like more elaborate theming for USPS. And I imagine that had something to yeah. do with like the USPS colors, like the blue mm-hmm. and the white, kind of like we saw with six inch. Um, yeah. And I think for me, I'm kind of I kind of feel the same way as I do with the Chicago flag edition that they have, which is, you know, I'm, I'm all in favor of modified craft, but there are some editions where the, that striking white is pretty important. And I feel like USPS might have benefited from that a little bit especially because they're not actually modifying craft. It seems like they're using a craft like paper. So they are doing a special paper for it. And I wish, yeah. I, I kind of wish that, um, I guess, Field Notes HQ had gotten their way and been able to do like, a, a, do the colors a little bit up, you know, like a little bit punchier. I did that. wonder yeah. if USPS have their own print set up and it was a case of, can we, you know, can we do this? Can we do do the collaboration with Field Notes? But hey, look, you're not going to be able to handle the volume we need. So they've gone off and brought their own craft, got the yeah, I, got the IP to you know go ahead and get it all printed and have the stamp run and everything. I can't. It, it seemed too big a project for Field Notes to take on for a countrywide edition. That I don't. I've not seen in the back if there's a limited number stated in the bottom of them. But I'm guessing there was. I'm guessing there's a volume there somehow. Yeah, it's an interesting dead, one because the, least... with the priority mail notebook or uh, envelopes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. I know the first set I got, um, the way, however USPS has been shipping them, it's it's definitely their their own thing. It's all in house um, because the books were not, you know, uh, uh, sealed right, like um, in packs, like we're traditionally used to seeing from HQ. Yeah, so they're they're shipping however they want to ship. No belly band. It was just like cellophane wrapped and and then just however many's in the set, which, you know, it's still nice. I mean, you know, the reason we've not spoken since March as well is because, you know, we're now at the back end of June. Um, It's been a big gap for no field notes activity. And other than the craft Wednesday and a previous Wednesday thing, I mean, it has been been kind of quiet. Yeah, quite on the Western Front. So these editions have kind of filled the gap, but it's just a shame that these editions, other than USPS, haven't haven't been able to fulfill the, the thirst for filmers because of the limitedness of them. You know, we've got we've we've got some interest going, and and one of the things we said was the amount of sales now, the field notes, the field nuts group um has kind of not had much to talk about, and therefore. There's, there seems to be more sales. And I remember some uh, somebody coming back into the group, having not been away for a while and say, hey, guys, I've not been in for a while. What's been going on? I remember the first comment was just the, like someone said, sales, lots of sales. <laughs> I'm guilty of yep. it because I was in a position where 
uh, I had some stuff I needed to upgrade here for my job. I didn't have the money and I knew that I had more boxes that I could, than I could fit in my office field notes. And I, I got them all out and realized I'm not a big user. I've admitted it before. I had enough for me, my children and my children's children <laughs> and, <laughs> and still plenty left over. Um, and I decided to kind of make um saw a therapist um over many weeks to to finally allow myself to let the let my darlings go and it once i sold like i the first thing i had to do was sell a big one i had to let go of something i loved and cherished to see how i felt when it went and that was union binding i had two packs of union binding and i knew i'd sell one i'd keep one and when i sold it I didn't feel like, ew, oh, why did I do that? So I sold my second pack. Somebody came on and said, I don't suppose you've got a second pack. And I was like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know. I don't know. And and then I kind of slept on it and got up and thought, do you know what? I'm, I'm keeping it for no reason other than I like the colors, yellow and orange. I'm not going to open it. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use the good china. Um, so mm. I went back to him and said, hey look you know you can have it and once I got the ball rolling and my traveling salesman went and then my you know my green shuttle set I, I kind of felt good it, it was a really nice feeling to know that I'm not held hostage by what I owned but I knew I could keep what I'd use and that was the big thing for me I'd got to a point I'd had so much fun chasing the additions and trading and and like finding those odd little ones here and there that I'd had them I touched them I smelt them <laughs> um but I, I knew there's you know there are people out there, there's a lot of new field nuts have joined the group that are going to struggle to get some of these older additions and I didn't feel comfortable having them sat in a box and it was you know I, I won't lie I was able to upgrade my Mac um with the proceeds which is what i needed to do and that's the thing that makes me money and maybe one day when you know i've done a good thing i could i might dip my toes back in and start to pick up some favorite additions possibly maybe do some trades but yeah my a lot of my big sets went i kept coal back i kept uh america the beautiful you know there were some editions. yeah there and and the one book i i said from day one i would never ever sell was my um field knots book oh which, yeah. yeah um yeah. i said that would i would hand that back to aaron before i'd ever sell that so it's very it's very that. it's a very freeing experience having done something uh kind of similar over the last few years and and like you i they're kind of like rules about what i won't sell i, I definitely won't sell anything that um has been gifted to me or yeah. has been procured for me what that I wouldn't have otherwise had access to if not for the generosity of somebody in the community. It feels it feels a little wrong to to exploit that by selling mm. it. So I would again like you, I would rather I would sooner give it away um, than I would uh, sell it for profit uh, for those. But other than that, just being able the feeling of being able to look at my shelf of field notes, admittedly still way too many field notes, <laughs> and think when I'm going on a trip or going out for dinner or going to trivia, being able to just grab whatever I want off the shelf and, and use it and not worry about, oh, am I diminishing the value? Because everything that's on there at this point, I've decided to keep. Yes. That is, that is yeah. the stuff that I want to use, that I love, that speaks to my personal experiences and hobbies and interests. Um, 
And also, you know, it just, it just so happens with, you know, I'd say like 99% of what's on the shelf that it's not among the most valuable stuff. I'd say the most valuable stuff are like the dead and debtor prints that go as part of a set. Mm, um, yeah. Didn't end up being the ones that really, really spoke to me. I have a couple of the Nevada debtor prints because they look so beautiful with the purple foil, but even among the state prints and the debtor prints, those were the most common. Um, and so it just, it, everything worked out really nicely and it's such a freeing feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I, when I decided, cause there was like my, what I called my pension box, which was the, the museum, <laughs> the museum of things I will never use. And then I had my debtor box. Um, so one of the early sets I let go was my landland dead set. Uh, because I'd seen there was demand for them. I'd seen there was interest in them. And I just thought, I'm, I'm not going to use them. And I'd feel bad using them. It, it would feel like lighting a hundred dollar bill to light a cigar. So, <laughs> yeah. so I kind of put out anyone interested in these, a very quick response. So I was glad I put them out. But when it came down to the deaders, I'd, I'd had my enjoyment out of that that whole pandemic you know the dead yeah. edition was the pandemic edition and the trade-in that you know there was some good some bad and some ugly but the trade-in and the friendships that came out of helping people and trading certain cuts and helping people finish posters although you still yet to finish your craft poster <laughs> which one <laughs> one day you'll find that was in peace i'm so um, close rooting, i'm rooting so for you close. Greg. <laughs> Yeah, like my my rarest two were like my Jerry face and my Austin Bat Center, and whilst they were two that I there were there was a reason for each that I did like love them, um, I got the poster, and I yeah. just thought, <laughs> I, actually, the reason I love it is because I love the artwork of the poster. So mm-hmm. they were kind of the last two that went, but there were two people that messaged me and said, "Hey, look, I've been trying to get one of these forever." um or this is the missing piece for a poster and that was kind of for me the yeah okay i, I i'm never going to write in a hundred dollar notebook you know yeah yeah, yeah. it was very yeah, much yeah. uh i knew the value of these things a couple of people had helped me out i mean mike mike durbin i have to say was really cool about the whole thing because i kept saying to him i feel bad putting sales stuff on i tried to go down the ebay route eBay is horrible to work with. Horrible. Horrible. Um, So I I just bombed that off and then kind of put it all on my Instagram account um, and let people come through the Instagram. But yeah, it was, I was in the end, I was glad more that I was helping people out find their grails and missing pieces. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they found a good home. Yeah. And I think there's something very cyclical, right? About any sort of hobby where, collection is a component of it right yeah and i think i think it's you know for those of us who are trying to maybe slim down awesome for those people who are continuing to want to collect like i think the the rash of sales that we've we've seen is is definitely a combination of folks just kind of figuring out what's important to them but at the same time right like what you were saying like you're both saying it's like we're also releasing stuff back into the world that others are also interested in and you know, I think back to when I, you know, joined the group a few years ago, like if it wasn't for sales, I wouldn't be able to get my hands on older editions. Right. So yeah, it's, it's just like, it's a, it's part of the the ecosystem that has to exist. Otherwise stuff never gets out there. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's very fascinating. And I think, you know, there's probably a million reasons why people are doing sales right now. I think part of it is the quietness of, of new releases, you know, outside of these 
conference collabs and, you know, spring was already three months ago. Um, part of it, I think, is also a little bit of this, like, we're not in complete lockdown anymore. So, you know, Dave, like, you want, you, you had to sell stuff to, like, pay for other things. Yeah. But that, again, like, it's, it's all cyclical and, you know, we'll probably, we'll see another cycle of no sales for a while. And then, you know, a year or two from now, we're going to see another big rash of sales. And, and that's just how, you know, just how the world continues I, to spin. I think, I think there are a few things at play. Normally, normally, you know, in our little chat or on the group, we'll, we'll hit that, that, that period between um, winter and spring editions for field notes. And someone will say, wow, it seems like it's really dead. People are doing a lot of sales. Like yep. is the bubble, is the bubble for field notes finally bursting? Is the hype over? And I'm always a naysayer on that. I'm always, I'm always saying, no, no, no. Like this happens every single year. It's a longer gap than usual between editions. People get bored. People like don't have object permanence and lose a little bit of interest. Um, <laughs> and then uh, this one, I'm not, I, you know, to be clear, I'm not agreeing with any of those kind of hyped up statements, but it feels a little different right now. And I, I don't think people should be worried necessarily, but the, I think the hobby is still going very strong. But I think beyond just the longer wait between editions, and I do want to talk a little bit about the the summer edition forthcoming and mm. speculate on that. Uh, but it has, you know, I have my little spreadsheet here. And to my knowledge, the average time between spring and summer is usually around 93, 94 days, which would put it at around uh, June 16th uh, okay. would have been the, the date we would have normally based on the averages and our last release date gotten the uh, summer edition. Um, we're obviously behind that. And because we haven't gotten an email, we're probably behind that by a couple more weeks beyond, yeah. you know, even, even if they announced, if they were like, Hey, here's your shipping number, uh, change your addresses now tomorrow, we'd still be waiting an additional two weeks, probably. Uh, so we're yeah. probably looking at like mid July, um, even on an aggressive timeline here. Um, but beyond that, I think, I think you're right that people are getting out and about. I also think prices for things have been increasing a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think people have a lot of economic anxiety right now. Certainly, I don't uh, hate uh, having sold my stuff already, thinking about like, you know, um, you know pr with prices of everything in increasing, uh, the idea of sitting on a collection that's worth possibly thousands of dollars in notebooks does sure. not seem as uh, appealing to me. Um, but I think, I think, I do think that will we'll see more people shifting into this mindset of like buying what they want to use and being excited about additions based on their interest versus the scarcity. And I think that's very exciting to me in terms of how I view the hobby. Yeah. I, th I think you're right there. It was with that gap. Um, there is a chain, like Brian said, that the kind of what they want to do is out of their control and uh, availability is kind of out of their control. And we know with 50, uh, there was a big delay because of getting that thing together and there was some frustration there and you know big gap now and summer edition um from the clues i'm i'm actually quite excited by what i don't know what's coming i've got, i mean i've got a couple of ideas based on the clues if they've hinted very much at educational they've been to an educational facility for research um, they made a couple of wordy clues in their emails that hinted towards an educational feel. Um, now, what that will be, I don't know. We're due a different size edition that we haven't That's had true. for a while. That's true. Um, there was a thing in I posted in our group, our little WhatsApp group, um, 
that uh, one of the emails said, you know, now's a good time. Yeah, they always do the now's a good time to get a subscription, but they mentioned specifically we can think of 10 good reasons why subscription will be a good idea right now. Um, now, knowing that they never think that far ahead other than the current edition and the next edition, because they've admitted that before, um, I'm thinking subscription. I mean, for me, that's one thing I was thinking is subscribers should get something extra every edition. I think part of the part of being a subscription is I'm not just signing up to, to get them because I can buy them locally. Um, I sign up for a subscription because I like the thought that I'll get that fourth lunacy or mm-hmm. the slipcase mm-hmm. or the, the extra thing that comes with every edition that every a subscriber should get something extra every edition, not necessarily an extra notebook, but something that's the thank you for being a subscriber um, because no edition is ever sold out on day one. You know, and they, and also, like we said, the HQ go, hey, we're about to sell out. But there's hundreds of suppliers out there with them on the shelf. Yep. And yep. even now when we see that out in the wild, we still see some of those older editions. I'm, I'm, I'm really baffled with these clues. The at least 10 reasons thing has me totally thrown off. They said yeah. it's something that subscribers have been asking for or that people have been asking for for a long time. But they also have said that about some things where I don't necessarily agree. I think they said that about ignition. Ignition, and I, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I won't. I think, yeah, there's, that speaks for it. Speaks for itself in terms of it's, it's very available right now. Ignition um, did come, qu- I felt ignition came quite soon after resolution. I don't, it didn't feel like there was that big of a gap and it was probably yes. three years, yeah. but it felt like I certainly know. I mean, I don't know that you can get resolution off the shelf um, anymore, but I don't think they're that hard to come by. I mean, I've still got about four sets of resolution. Um, yeah. I think thematically it, it came pretty quickly, right? In, yes, in the world yeah, of field. Yeah. 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 Certainly, certainly I would have been maybe more excited to see a regular edition produced uh, in the craft for oh, sure. uh, a pocket a pocket planner than I was to see ignition taking the place of a seasonal edition where I might anticipate more theming. Yeah, yeah. I think what? thinking back to our conversation with Brian and a couple of these hints, like I'm I'm very curious if we're gonna get like a a big set of some sort, right? Some sort of like something bigger than a three pack, right? Because we yeah. talked about slip covers, right? And like I think. Didn't Brian mention like, oh yeah, we've been kind of thinking about working on something like that. Yeah, he said I I, I made my uh, unmitigated demand for a, a generic <laughs> slipcase that we could use that is somewhere but somewhere between the big um, you know uh, uh, balsa box and and um, you know the, the 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 slipcases they put out for nor- for special editions that are very heavily themed, so they're not really appropriate and they're they're hard to come by. Um, and he's like, I think we're working on something that you are going to be excited about. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. I hope, I certainly hope it's coming with summer. Hopefully it hasn't been affected by the uh, shortages. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm really baffled by whatever this is. Yeah. I have no I, guesses. Could, could I, if I was to throw a guess out, I would, I would say if we pulled together our theories, which we we've, I think we've been wrong a lot more times than we've been right. Um, <laughs> I would say, we're looking at something along the lines of workshop companion size in terms of more than three in a set, or at least that's what I'd like. I would like a workshop companion Wilco Shanghai kind of slip case, mm-hmm. something. Um, 
I think from a point of shipping, packing, they can't go selling slipcases on their own unless you're unless you're putting them together yourself because uh, like you're basically shipping an empty cardboard box that True. could very easily get damaged, which causes a lot of issues. So I think however they do it, it's got to have something in it. Um, I did wonder with educational, could there be some kind of dime novel-ish, um, like alphabetical like a to like the first book is a to d for specific note taking and then like like encyclopedias yeah yeah yeah. okay but like a pack in the box like eight 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 in a box and they go like a to d e to g um and it would work out that way um i'm thinking the spine is not going to be stapled potentially i don't know it um when they were talking about educational obviously the only educational edition we've ever had were those little blue exercise books they sent out as a subscriber edition for with I, a letter. I still have i think four of those right I uh, and i love somewhere. them i love them i have no use for them but i am such a <laughs> i think those are so cool because that is that is a form of paper that all of us have encountered at least at least here i don't know how it is across the pond but we see those all the time and to see them yeah. feel notes branded i think was very cool is uh yeah i like, yeah. I like those a lot and and an off and an off size um uh-huh. my only concern yeah. with them going off size is like obviously more bigger size equals more paper more mm. and, and mm-hmm. papers at a shortage yeah. so they're either going right. to be really big or half the size of field notes and they're going to be a <laughs> tiny little set on a key ring <laughs> well we're 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 coming up we're coming up we're to the close but i wanted to run through you know, we're not just a field notes podcast. I wanted yes. to run through some of some of the other releases, the exciting releases that have happened in the past few months. Um, Blackwing has been very busy with their pencils. Uh, they had the collaboration with uh, Obey, Obey Giant, uh, Shepard Ferry, who people will know from the Obama Hope poster, most famously, yep. but also from a lot of his street art. You'll see his murals and tons of major cities. I have his art on my walls. Um, that collaboration did sell out. Uh, the pencils are beautiful. There's a dipped, dipped kind of bluish green. That's very emblematic of uh, Shepard Fairey's art. And there was also a, a notebook. It got me to buy my first Blackwing notebook ever. Wow. I went against it. And then they released that. And I was like, damn. Um, <laughs> they collaborated again with Independent Bookstore Day, kind of a refinement of their collaboration last year with the blue and the red. I think it's, uh, I think it's very nice. Uh, they collaborated with uh, Grove Maid, who does the uh, solid wood desk accessories predominantly aimed at uh, Mac users, um, iPhone users, but they have this beautiful walnut pencil holder that also holds their one-step sharpener. Uh, I have that on my desk. It came with some pencils that I split off to somebody else. That is gorgeous and uh, well worth the price if you can uh, split it out like I did. And in the mail today, sadly not in my hands just yet, but probably in a couple of hours, uh, volume 55, Blackwing's summer release. They beat Field Notes to the punch, which is kind of rare. I feel like sometimes they wait for Field Notes to release and then release their thing like a week later to kind of steal the thunder. Maybe that's (laughs) conspiratorial of me, but I feel like that's the way it's worked out in the past. But I think they couldn't hold off any longer. And uh, now we have volume 55, which is uh, themed after the golden ratio, the Fibonacci sequence. What color are they? What do they look like? They're they're kind of like this warm gray with um, kind of the same from the Obey pencil, like bluish, like dark teal stripes. And the, and the stripes of green and gray are um, proportional to each other according to the Fibonacci sequence. So it's kind okay. of like you've got small, you've okay. got small stripes towards the tip of the pencil, and then um, they get bigger and bigger towards the end of the pencil. 
people seem to be a little lukewarm on the pencil. I'll have to feel it in hand. Uh, silver yeah. ferrule with pink eraser um, and a silver imprint with the edition number uh, and their balanced graphite. Kind of a weird edition. It comes with the subscribers, comes with a little like clear card with the golden ratio uh, diagram on it. Huh. that I think it's meant to help you like notice it around, you know, you hold it up. Yeah. Um, maybe not the most exciting thing, but we'll see. Uh, Baron also, Fig. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Just to, I think one note about like the Blackwings as, as a very distant follower of their releases, I've definitely seen a lot of conversation of folks who are not fans of the designs uh, in photos, but then they get them in hand and it's yes. like way better than they thought it was yeah. going to be. I think, I think most notoriously maybe with volume 64, the comic book edition, where yeah. it looked really weird from a distance with the, the, the very intense like ink hatching. Uh, but then once you got it in hand, the detail on that is really, really cool. Um, Baron Fig has uh, collaborated with Roxanne Gay to release a draft writing journal, which is pretty cool looking. And uh, they also have a magenta squire, the, the magenta pen that's very loud if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and the founder, uh, Joey Cafone, is uh, releasing uh, his first book, which is pretty exciting. Nice. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, for, for me, some dark news, uh, which is that Mondo, frequent field notes collaborator uh, Mondo, which has done the uh, original Mondo dead prints using their pop culture posters, collaborated again on the MXL XBXD edition, where the M stands for Mondo, uh, very popular, uh, has been purchased by toy conglomerate Funko, hmm. uh, which I am not a huge fan. We'll have to see how that turns out, but I, I, I do wonder if this means it might be a little less likely that we'd see Mondo collaborations in the future. And or then, a Funko Field Notes collab. Oh, I'll, I'll file that one away with the, uh, the anime edition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then um, uh, 59 Parks, uh, who we know from series A through F of our uh, National Parks Field Notes editions, uh, have their popular board game, Parks, uh, is getting its second expansion, Wildlife, that is already for pre-order in some places, and uh, I think will be available for pre-order um, sometime during the day we're recording this. Uh, so that should be pretty exciting, and there they will have some surprises coming along with that. And all I have to say about that is, where is Series G Field Notes National Parks? They're all waiting. <laughs> I know, David. Th what was the date of the last set of National Parks? Was oh, it 2020? That's a good question. It was a while ago. It's Let me pull that up really time. quick. Because again, like another one of those, all right, that they are kind of determined by paper availability, but right. they look like a matte finish with a with a screen over print. So, yeah. you know, they can make the interiors whatever they want. Um, yeah. because it felt like it feels like they've started a set of something of 59 that it has kind of stalled. And there, there's a demand there. I'm hoping they haven't got a warehouse full of you know parks editions that are just not shifting which is why you know well let's let's put our foot in the accelerator here let's let's keep pushing these yeah. until they dwindle before we add to it so the last the last national parks edition series f uh which had glacier hawaii volcanoes and everglades national parks uh was released october 28th 2020 was when i got the email so we were wow. coming up we're well past the one-year mark, I think past the one-and-a-half-year mark, coming up on the yep. two-year mark since the last National Parks edition. Yeah, I think. And those... Go on. And those, oh, and those yeah. were released um, 
like just out of cycle. Like they weren't even like a limited, like a quarterly release. There was like, mm. oh, hey, we have more. We just have more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, I, I had this, I'll have to dig back through our chats and find it there. You know, they've gone through, if you make the list of the 63 national parks, they've pretty much crossed off the most popular, you know, um, 15 or so. Mm. And then a few, a few stragglers that are less visited, but have really, really cool art for them that are lower down on the list. When I say popular, I mean, most, yeah, the most visited national parks. Um, and, but I think there are still some really, really cool picks uh, with really great art that would make for great notebooks that would probably sell pretty well. I think they've said that National Parks is one of their best-selling editions ever. And I know on our last podcast, Brian spoke about how they've been having trouble sourcing the paper that they've mm. been using for their existing editions. And my thought about that as well, if you want to distract people from the unavailability of your current editions, make new editions with the paper that is available <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, buy those, we'll buy those right up. Definitely. Another another brand I want to throw in um, is Dapper Notes. I have to say, uh, Enon is part of the Fieldnuts group. He, you know, he's been quite active in there. I've kind of I've known of him for quite some time, and but I, I just ne- had never got my hands on a Dapper Notes book. It was, you know, I I know a couple of people have gone, yeah, it's really, really expensive for a single notebook, but the guy makes them by hand. You know, every single Dapper Notes notebook he made, it's not gone through a machine. It's not gone through a factory. It's He's cut the material. He's done the gluing. He's, he's binding them. He's pressing them. He's shipping them himself. Um, and a really good friend of mine, uh, Lane Ewing, who's Bob Ewing's niece, uh, who's an amazing artist, she did a collaboration with him. And I was lucky enough to get a pack through uh, directly from, from Dapper Notes. But I think you can get that from Nero's notes over here in the UK. Um, and when I got it, I mean, the sheer attention to detail in the packaging, the way it came um, like tissue paper, it was in a special little box. It's, it's beautifully made. Um, and I would say, if you want to gift somebody a really nice notebook, uh, go, go and check out the Dapper notes limited editions because He's just bought another edition out now with the skateboards on, which is another collaboration. And it looks like he's going to do more collaborations. And even though it's a single notebook uh, for special, for something special, I have to say, I'm definitely going to spend more money on Dapper um, purely for special books, for special trips or, you know, special events, or I'll gift them because they're still not that expensive as an edition. Um, it's still like $15 a book and they do a subscription thing where you do get some extras, but for, for I like things that are handmade supporting a small business, you know, there's nowhere near the volume that field notes gets, but, uh, definitely a, becoming a, a big fan of the stuff that's coming from Dapper notes at the moment, uh, need to check the paper out. I don't, again, I don't know the kind of what paper he's using, um, you guys will probably be able to look into that, but, uh, highly recommend it if you want to look at something a little bit different i think i think they're all the bits that we had on our list that we were going to cover so um all we can say really is if you're listening to this the summer edition probably hasn't dropped but you an email could come out anytime um i would even anticipate maybe an email this week possibly i thought I thought might they might have even gone for around a July the fourth edition somehow, but it doesn't tie in with the educational. But I think um, some something came up somewhere 
mid mid July was um, kind of the. That's a, that's a pretty safe guess, like considering we haven't seen any sort of even pre shipment or you know teaser email yet. Like uh, th those are typically two weeks out from from a release drop. So yeah. So I think we shall see. Um, we'll safely be out. I think we'll safely be released before summer comes out, and then we'll yeah, do a, a post summer edition. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do our uh, our deep dive into the, into summer. So I think uh, one of the last things we want to do um, is a little podcast giveaway. So yep. it's been a while since we've done one. Uh, so I was able to grab some six inch books at NeoCon, and and as a lot of the nuts in the group saw, we did a little giveaway there. Um, we held back a, a set of the books for the podcast to also give away. So and love to hear your thoughts. And yes. the Creative South single. Oh, up in and, the ante today. Yeah, yeah. All and right. the Creative South single, yes. Yeah. So we'd love to love to hear from everybody and uh, you know, drop us a note at mailbag at paperandstaples.com. Um, what should we have people ask us or just give us good reviews? <laughs> I think uh Let's have people guess what summer edition is going to be. I like that. Yeah. I like Let's that a let, lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. So email, email us. Um, at, you've got a higher chance of winning because in my experience, you never get so many emails. So definitely worth <laughs> get, definitely worth getting to the end of an episode for a giveaway. Cause we never mentioned there was a giveaway at the beginning, did we? So if you stuck to the end of this and you take a minute out of your day, to send us an email. And just say, what do you think summer edition will be? What do you want summer edition to be? And what should we leave it until the summer edition drops? Give people enough time to listen to the podcast and mention it. And we can drop a hint in the Field Nuts group that it might be worth listening some at some point in the podcast we do a giveaway don't say it's the end because people are just slides to the end. <laughs> um, yeah i think we can we can leave it up uh all the way know. to the day of release because we'll see what what day, day and time you you emailed us yeah absolutely and then we'll just put do your number generator and we'll we'll pick a winner for the set of are you going to give away a set of three or three individuals uh the the three different books so, so like i call it the full set Okay, so one person yep. will get a full set of yes. six inch and one person will get a Creative South single. So email us. Uh, thank you again for listening to us. Um, we will be back just after the summer edition, I'm sure, because we we need the other guys back on as well. We've got to see what they're up to. But in the meantime, please tell your friends about us. Please follow us on social media. Um, subscribe. Do all the cool things that we love you to do. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>